Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast. My name is Corey Tindall, and as always, I'm your host. And this week, I got to chat over the phone with a comedian that I have known for close to four years now, Riley Lassen. Um, she wanted to talk about her experiences going to a private Jewish middle school and then transitioning into a public high school, what the differences are there, uh, and also her experiences at a private Jewish sleepaway camp. If any of you guys have watched the new season of Big Mouth, uh, it is very similar, it sounds like, to the the what they depict in that show. So really this podcast is just a lot of really good stories. She's super funny uh, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, Riley is also one of the hosts of the Kane and Corey show on 92.3, the alt station in New York City, and they're syndicated in Detroit, Buffalo, and a ton of other cities. Uh, so check her out in the mornings on uh you can find more info on whether she's in uh, a city near you at her Instagram at Riley Lassen. She also posts a ton of content uh, and her Instagram is, is just great to scroll through. As always, I always appreciate the, uh, the likes, the shares, the subscribes. Anytime you tell a friend about this podcast, uh, it's awesome. I can see it in the numbers and I really appreciate it. And with that, let's get into the episode. How have you been? It's been, it's been almost <laughs> it's been almost a year. That it's like which when is was the unbelievable. Last time we saw each other. Like when was the last time? I'm trying uh, to remember. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the last day of shows before the shutdown. Because I honestly, did, yes, yes, that makes sense. Because I was I was at Greenwich uh, doing like our normal show over there, and then you were at the pair. It's seemingly oh. every single night, uh, if not twice a <laughs> night. So it was like, I, I would be yeah. surprised if, if we weren't, uh, if we didn't cross paths. But man, have you, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Have, are you still in the city? Are you somewhere? Are you living back with your parents? Like, what have you been up to for the last year? So the, <laughs> so the last Wednesday, I probably saw you before I went home where I, I felt like I, you probably felt it too, where there was like this creepiness and like eeriness yes. in New York. And um, I think everyone felt that I it was that Wednesday. And then I think that Friday I had a show at Broadway Comedy Club and I thought Thursday, then that Friday morning, I said, Mom, I'm going to come home for the weekend because my brother was coming home from college okay. um, for the weekend as well because he had off that Monday. So I was like, I'm just going to come home. I have a couple gigs on Monday. I'm just going to stay till Sunday. And then I think the Sunday pandemic will be around. over by Monday. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to come home for a little bit. Something doesn't feel right. And then yeah. I came home and then that Sunday, well, that Monday, I think Cuomo was like, this is not looking good. And my mom was like, just can you stay home for a couple weeks? And I stayed home four months later. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> home for four months with my parents and my brother. And that was weird. That was yeah. strange. And like, I know, did you, did you go back to Michigan, right? 
I did for like two months and I like reverted back to middle school. Like I started you listening know, to literally. emo rock again and like, yes. you know, being mad at my parents for no reason other than them being in my space. Yeah. <laughs> like I had so many tantrums. Like I cried all the time. And I, <laughs> and I remember my dad was like, Riley, like it's going to go back to normal eventually. But the thing is, as an entertainer, you just don't know. Um, yeah. People still don't know, which is so sad, you know, and it's just like, I think that was the scariest part about it all. And then I think around the summertime, um, I ha I was like, you know, the numbers were looking okay in New York and I still had a lease I was paying for. And my mom was like, you should go back, I think. Like, I don't want hmm. you to go back, but maybe go to back to New York, do some outdoor shows. You know, you saved up some money, just like stay in, don't be, don't be stupid, you know, wear your mask. Right. And I, I went back to, uh, in the summertime and I've been here ever since July in Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. My, my little thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, about, about the same for me. This, I mean, this last summer, by the end of the summer, it felt like kind of normal like everyone was wearing masks it did, but it wasn't it? it wasn't yeah. crazy but like that eeriness feeling that you were talking about in in early march like like going to the comedy club it was so weird because like some people wouldn't like shake your hand or do like the bro hug or like or, or just do like a, a normal hug which is like that's all you did at comedy clubs was just like you shook hands hug. with like so 25 yeah 25 <laughs> different people every single night that was like yes. your job if you're at the comedy club and then it was like ah do i give them an elbow like what are you comfortable with what do you want to like <laughs> i'll stay six feet away yeah it was just it was weird and then after that weekend it felt like because i was in the city for another week before i went home it felt i mean it felt like you were gonna die if you went outside so you uh yes you did and you heard the, the ambulances exact, mm -hmm. yes yeah you did the exact right thing going home that uh that weekend i i wish because i was like i'm just gonna tough it out it's probably gonna be like three or four weeks we'll shut down and then uh you know we'll be back um but yeah obviously didn't play out that way right i remember you know marcelo hernandez i remember yeah. i did a show with him um in february um, not even March, it was in February, and we were taking the subway from Brooklyn back to the village after a show, and he wouldn't touch the poles on the on the subway. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, what's wrong? Like, what happened? He goes, Riley, like, I think it's going to get bad. Like, there's this virus, and I think it's going to get bad. And in my head, like, we've heard, we were like, I, I was like, oh, a, a pandemic? Like, that just sounds crazy. Right. But, uh, you know... <laughs> He had like he put a scarf around his face. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then little did we know, a couple weeks later, you know. But yeah, right. that was that was insane. And and to be fair to Marcelo, there were people that didn't want to touch the subway pole way before there was a pandemic. That, that's and I don't true. I don't blame any of them. <laughs> that's true. There's people who get on the subway already with masks, or they right. just you know look down, don't look at me. Yeah, that, that that's very true. Well, I was talking I was talking with uh, Jack Byram, who's been on this podcast uh, a couple of yes. times, and and our good friend, and he brought up a good point. He's like, I don't think I'm ever getting on the subway again without a mask, and I was legitimately like, yeah, honestly, that's not a bad idea. Like, I think we're gonna see that for the rest of our lives just because it's so compact 
and like you're 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 around so many people and even if they're just gonna like give you a cold or the flu like if you're only taking it for 30 minutes a day why not wear a mask you know why not and it's, it's not hard it's not really inconvenience and they just did a study exactly and they just did <laughs> yeah. a study for the path you know the path that yes. goes to jersey it's that so is gross the most number <laughs> like number one the worst air quality like the worst. Yeah. it's like so dirty and i always thought the path was so clean but apparently it's like the worst the worst thing. it's worse than it's worse than the subway i was yeah. like i wouldn't figure that but it goes to jersey so well even like well yeah that we know I'm which way jersey, the air is so coming from that. Yeah, yeah yeah right <laughs> the uh well the to like to add on to that, they also did it for the Christopher Street station in the West Village, which is like arguably the bougiest neighborhood in New York City. And apparently that pollution is worse than it's ever been on the worst yes. day in Beijing. Like that's insane. It's, it's nuts. So I don't know. I the subway, that's the only place I could kind of think of where we would con continue to wear masks after the pandemic. But but yeah, it is weird to get on the, the subway now because I try and like arm hook the, the pole, but then the, the train lurches and you fall over and you're like, oh my God, this is Oh, no, so no. Yeah, annoying. I've been I've been Ubering like a bougie, like I Uber to work <laughs> and then I, and I Uber to work and I Uber home. I also can't take the subway to work right now because I have to be to work by like 4.45, 4.30 and yeah. the subways don't start running until 5 a.m. So I was like, uh, oh, I guess I'll just Uber everywhere and then i don't leave my home so it's okay <laughs> yeah 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 well let's let's talk about that because you have like a dream job for comedians and it like came to you right in the middle of the pandemic right oh it was like the weirdest gift ever i was very it, it literally came out of nowhere Corey. like out of <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> and i never you know like radio it, it's never something, even stand up, because I came to New York as an actor and stand up kind of fell oh. in my lap. Um, and then I was like, I want to try this. And then I fell in love with it. Radio, I didn't know anything about. Um, and then it kind of just appeared one day in the middle of a pandemic. And it was a very great opportunity. And I took it. And now, <laughs> and now I do it every day, which is yeah. so cool. So you're, so. I, I guess like let's let's get specific like you are a host of a syndicated radio show now right Do, like yeah, am I reading yeah. your Instagram post correctly <laughs> yeah we uh we're in you know we're in New York we're in Miami Orlando Buffalo Detroit um we're you know the tri-state Jersey all that um yeah we're it's it, we're getting more and more cities which is so freaking cool that's so that's so cool what's what's the name of the show the show is called the kane and corey show morning show um it's on alt 92.3 okay. um if you're in the city yeah yep. uh it's an alternative station the music is so you know what it is i i was like oh alternative music and then i listened to it i'm like oh my god this is all the music i listened to like growing up yeah right <laughs> and all the music like we loved right so like i i love working there too because i can i love the music as well right but, um it, it, corey I, the other co-host kane and corey i met corey doing stand-up in oh. the back of a brooklyn bar <laughs> in, the, in like it was a rainy cold night like last december um i met him there and um he was a sweetheart and then i saw i saw he had a lot of fall 
I then I saw him like a couple days later at Stand Up New York. I was hosting and okay. he's like, oh, my God, Riley. Like, you know, because we just met. He was very new to stand up. He's very new. And I was like, oh, my God. Hey, Corey. We're talking, whatever. I hadn't heard from Corey again. We, we add each other on Instagram, you know, as comedians and friends do. And then in August, jumped all the way to August during a pandemic, he messages me. He's like, I think I have a gig for you. He's like, do you like radio? And then I called him and I got the audition. And yeah, <laughs> it was like wow. the weirdest, I mean, that weirdest is, thing ever. That's legitimately insane. And that's like, that. Oh my God. I mean, that's that's kind of how it happens for like most people, right? Like at least in, in the comedy world, I guess I don't know how radio is supposed to work, but it's just like, yeah, you just kind of put in the work and you be everywhere and you meet everyone. And then all of a sudden, just like random things happen to you and that's right? your career now. And it's like, it's awesome that it finally actually worked because everyone says that. And then you see like people have been doing it for 20 years and it never happens to them. Yeah. So thank you congratulations. so much. And it, and it really that's just awesome. shows that like, and any industry but i think especially in ours i learned two things is you have to show up because it was raining and pouring i didn't want to go to brooklyn there was four people in the audience and i met him there and so if i didn't if i didn't travel and just do that seven minute set in in a back of a brooklyn bar went to met corey and also just like be nice to people like be a you know he was new no one in the lineup really knew who he was and I was like, let me talk to this dude. And he was very sweet. But, you know, if I'd never went up to him and was like, hey, you know, like, my name's Riley. What's up? Who knows what would have happened? So definitely those two things are really important, I feel, in our um, in- industry. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I've I've always tried oh to be God, as nice Cor- to everyone like as I, nicest, I possibly you could. The, <laughs> you were the nicest person in comedy. So you you I don't you I don't know about all. that. You are the nicest human being. Every time I no, see you, no, biggest smiles, I, so nice, you know so kind. No, it it puts some people off. Some people are like, "What the fuck is he up to?" I don't like oh, no, how nice they, he is, and it's just like, "No, no, I'm from Michigan. I don't know what I'm what else I'm doing." They, they <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to be mean to they random think strangers. It's like I've gotten this before from other comedians being like, "You're fake." Like you're just acting fit. And it's like, no, I'm genuinely yeah, no. happy seeing you. Like I'm excited yeah. to be here. Like, <laughs> So I totally get that. I totally understand. Yeah. No, if I don't like you, I'll, I'll just ignore right, you. I just won't or, talk to you. Uh, like avoid. Yeah. Avoid. Uh, it's very rare that I would tell someone I don't like them, but no, any, anyone that I'm talking to, I enjoy, uh, talking to, which is how I started this podcast. Uh, is is really how that started. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's great. No, exactly. Um, so you, you're in radio now, but you wanted to be an actor. What, like, were you always kind of an entertainer type? Because like you have so much energy oh. all the time. That's what I'm lacking. Like I'm nice, but you're nice and no, have energy. No, you have, uh, you have so energy it's like, too. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, all right, fine. Maybe, okay. maybe a little bit, but like, <laughs> 
grow, grow, <laughs> growing up is that like, did you always want to go into like entertainment and, and stuff like that? Cause you're, it seems like you're so natural, uh, at it just from like, cause we started stand up at about we, the yes, same time and yes. I was like, oh man, she is, she no. is ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> She's got so much more presence than oh I do God, right stop now. It. This is like the nicest phone call ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I am, um, you know, in first grade, my teacher, one of my teachers told me, um, she told she told my mom, she said, you know, Riley is going to do really well when she leaves school. Like when she's done school, she's going to thrive because I've always been, <laughs> my mom's like, oh, great. She's in first grade. How many more years is that? Yeah. But that's, it, it, <laughs> I was never good at <laughs> academic stuff, all that, but I loved you know, talking to people, being in front of people, entertaining people. Um, I think I use a lot of, and I had a lot of learning disabilities. So I think I use jokes um, to cover up a mm. lot of that stuff too. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things. A lot of entertainers, I think, go through that. They, they, they cover up a lot of stuff with humor and, oh, let, let me make them laugh. Let me entertain them. But, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I, you know, I did karate for 10 years, 10, 11 years. And I, oh, wow. my favorite part of doing karate was the performing aspect of it. I love the performing part of it. Hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to be, you know, um, a performer. And then I went to school for acting, um, which, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was the best idea for me. <laughs> but they, they really they really know how to you know cut your confidence in half but uh and then i came to new york yeah. and um and i wanted to perform and auditions sucked and it was hard to get you know booked so i tried an open mic and stand-up happened and all that so i always, i've always enjoyed entertaining yeah yeah no i mean and it the you can always tell when you're starting off, uh, like when other people are starting off with comedy, who who had acting experience before and who who really didn't. But um, like so often, you see those former actors kind of like like they can't handle being on stage by themselves. But that was definitely not that was definitely <laughs> not your one of your issues when when you went up there so it was like oh wow Thank okay you. she's nice. she's definitely got experience that's so interesting that it came from karate oh though. yeah i, mean, I love like, that when you say performance in karate what do you because i never did it is it like so, yeah, it, i i don't know anything like, about you know, it when you do karate you would do um and i started when i was like five six uh you learned all you learned all okay. your you know katas you learned you know the moves and you learned you know ex the exercising the running around the push-ups all that whatever and years go by there is a thing called demo team at my karate studio and i remember my sensei came up to me and was like would you want to be on our demo team what the demo team would do would travel around and do competitions and they were a kind of performance-based karate so it was you know when you go see gymnastics and they're doing the floor and you see that and you're watching them do the gymnastics that's what you would do with karate sure. so i would have my little i had these things oh. called commas and they were like little swords and i would do my things and we'd all do stuff as a group i would i would get to leave school early on friday to go practice with them 
I remember that, and then, <laughs> which was kind of crazy. Middle in middle school, well, they would let yeah. me leave early to practice, and it was like the best thing ever. Uh, I smiled a lot d- during it. Your your grades must have right? been really bad if they were They're letting like, you Riley, leave. Riley, just just go and uh, do your karate thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you weren't gonna learn right, anything like, anyway. Just, just let her do do her thing, and I just remember always getting yelled at because I would be smiling during um during the performance and they're like riley it's karate you can't smile like Uh, you have to be serious but i love i loved i love being in front of people and whether it was karate or acting or the school play i enjoyed it immensely yeah well that was going to be my next question is like what was your school like like if if you're like nah, i wasn't very good at (laughs) academics but everyone saw like did you did you have the opportunity to do a bunch of plays? Because you went to like you said you went to like a private yeah. school, right? I don't, and I went to public school. You I don't really know too life? much about yeah. the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know too much about the private schools besides like there was one that was kind of like a mile away, and we always made fun of them for being like stuck <laughs> right? up rich kids, which ironically is what we were as well. But That's so they, funny. Like they were private, so they Do deserved they wear uniforms. It more. I think so. Um, but oddly enough, like every time we'd play them in football, they would like one of their students would streak at, at halftime, like through our band. And so we had to like stop playing them in football for almost wow. a decade. So it was like they were very uptight, but then also they would go do these like crazy, crazy things. That was like, yeah, sixth, sixth grade. I saw a streaker, right? right no, in that front makes of me. It sense. It's scarring. probably like built, built up <laughs> tension, like pent up, you know, sexual frustration being in a private school. <laughs> Yeah, private Catholic right, school. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, it's funny because I went to a, a Jewish private school, which a lot of like a lot of my New York friends, a lot, most of them aren't Jewish, which I think it's so funny. But they they were like, wait, there's Jewish private schools. I'm like, yeah. And what you did was half of the day would be like Bible, Torah, you know, ethics. Um, we would read all like all this Jewish stuff half of the day. And then the other half of the day would be math, history, English, gym, music. Um, so it was a very and we had prayer as well. It was a very long wow. day, it felt like. But um, I have to say every. Well, that's probably <laughs> that's probably why you weren't too good at math. You spent 20 minutes right. a day on it. No, no, like, it was a- it was, schedule is, it was packed. <laughs> it, was a, it was a full <laughs> math class. Like it, and the thing is, they were very tough on you. They wanted you to succeed and be very smart. Everybody in my class, mm. um, most of them went to like Brown, Umich, Harvard. One went to MIT. Like they were smart cookies. Um, and I think my school kind of, you know, pushed that. Everybody was very smart. I remember though, in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, my math, Corey, got so bad. I was so bad at math that they were like, Riley can't keep up with everybody because there was two math class, the A and the B math class. If you were in the A math class, that was like the smartest. B math class, you weren't as smart. I couldn't do, I was so bad. They had to hire a tutor and I had to leave the math class during the and i had to go by myself 
to the math te- tutor because I couldn't keep up <laughs> with the A and the B. So like Bradley needs her own math class. Oh. But like how, I don't think that would have happened maybe in public school, you know? Because there was so few, well, there was so few of us in, in private yeah. school, they were kind of able to do that. That's true. They probably would have just let you fail unless, I mean, unless I guess it was so bad or like your parents talked to the school. Cause I think my mom, uh, like, uh, my mom was always really bad at math that she was saying that, that she had to get like special help when she was growing up with that too. And I know she went to a, a public school, but I, I need to ask her more about that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see where that would like make you make you feel like you had to be funny like leaving the class every day i meet meet up with them i meet up with them in english class but i was i was constantly being taken out of school for things for that which you know Mm. right now i'm very grateful for at the time i was kind of like why can't i be in class with my friends you know um but there was only when i graduated the private school there was only 10 boys and 14 girls in my grade Right. Wow. <laughs> so you guys are like closer to a family than a school. But That's tell me nuts. how there was clicks. <laughs> tell me how we made clicks. Oh, I'm sure like, there were clicks. Uh, there's what? I mean there's fourteen girls. There's five siblings in my family That's and there's hysterical. clicks. Come on. <laughs> Well, you can figure out how to make clicks. That's why I think it's so funny because I never understood clicks, even when I was in middle school. Um, there was like three clicks, and one of the clicks told the other click that one of the girls is mean to them, whatever. And there was this huge blowout and they all were pissed at each oh. other. So at lunch, they would all sit at separate tables. We had enough kids in our class. We could sit at one table. There was enough girls to sit at <laughs> one long lunch table. So when they all split up, I was like, where do I go? And I always remember this in seventh grade. Uh. I think it was, I sat in the middle of the lunchroom floor because I was like, I'm not choosing. Y'all are being stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. We're 13 years old. Half of us haven't even got our period yet. You guys are being so goddamn stupid. I remember my teacher was like, Riley, you, you can't you can't do this. Like, <laughs> pick a team. Pick a team. She was like, no, noble, noble effort, Riley, but it's right. not going to work. She's like, girlfriend, pick a team. Go sit at a table, eat your lunch. I was like... And then in first grade, I will always remember this. First grade, this girl made up a thing called the Thin Thighs Club. A thin thigh, the Thin the what? Thighs Club, Corey. And I I, I think, okay. I look back at it now, and I, my mom told me that I came home crying one day. And I was like, Mommy, like, I'm, I'm not part, they won't let me be part of the Thin Thighs Club. I was in first grade, okay? My thins were perfectly fine. All our thighs were thin, okay? <laughs> we, were, we were seven. Right. We were seven. <laughs> We had we haven't even yeah. finished growing yet. Your legs have the diameter of a quarter at that. <laughs> like age. we haven't even finished growing yet. And I remember my mom said to me, she's like, "Honey, look at the girls running this group and look at their moms. It's, they're not going to be thin thighs forever." And I will always re- <laughs> oh. I will always will always remember that. I was like, "You sure, mom?" She goes, "Honey, you're fine. Don't worry about it." <laughs> But people could yeah. girls and boys, but like, because I, I wasn't, you know, I, I hung out with the boys, but I don't know. The girls can be so like, ah, so like mean. I just remember being like, damn, yeah. is this how it is in public school? But I have to say we were 
more of a family than we were cliques and that. We we really were a family. Right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, in, in public school, I think people were mean, but there were enough kids that you could kind of escape. Uh, you could kind of get right. away from it. Yeah. You could you could find a, a group of people that that weren't going to uh, that weren't going to be mean to you, uh, at least to your face. Like, obviously, you know, if the popular girls really want to go after some girl, then, then they will. Um, and I don't obviously not having grown up a girl, I don't know <laughs> how that goes right. in, uh, in public school, but, but at least from what I saw, you could kind of like, all right, I'm going to go sit over here with this group of eight people on the other side of the, the cafeteria. And then they, they can't get me right. for an hour. Or, or something along those lines where, I mean, it doesn't sound like, uh, it, it doesn't sound like anybody in your school could get away from anyone that, at any time for you any have, reason. That's that the one thing at the time I, I thought was terrible. And then I realized as I was getting older, you have to face people regardless, you know? And um, mm. my father always told me this and as a kid as well, you never want to burn bridges and like, I try very hard to do that in my adult life. Sometimes you you kind of have to, regardless, you know what I mean? Like, you, sometimes you don't mean to and it happens, but my dad always said to me when I was a kid, like, you really don't want to burn bridges. If you, if there's a, if there's something that's not nice that's happening or wrong, or you don't like something, or someone said something to you, you have to face it. And in a school with only 24 kids in your grade, you, you kind of have to because like it's always going to yeah. be right there you know like um everyone knew about your business as well the teachers knew about your business the parents knew about your business that was a little weird sometimes but um <laughs> yeah that was a little strange uh but that that's when it yeah. felt like the family part you know when everyone knew when teachers knew right. you got your period that was weird you know <laughs> 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 when, you know what I mean? Like when when, te when someone knew you had a crush on someone, everyone knew. Like it was very, that was a little weird sometimes. Yeah, and like growing up, you don't understand like how insignificant those those. I mean, not the period oh, thing, but like a, no, a crush, yeah, all like of that. A, a crush yes. on someone else. Like all the, all the adults really do not give a single like shit. But when you're a kid, you're like, oh my god, my life is over. The teacher knows I like Cody or right, whoever the right. hell. And, and you're just like, <laughs> I remember. I, and I've, I've said this on stage. I, I've always wanted to do this as a joke because I, it, it cracks me up how silly. Um, it's not silly because when you're 12 and 13, it's the biggest thing in the whole world. But this guy was crushing on me in school and on AIM. Remember AIM? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that yeah. was the best. He, he would <laughs> message me. And I remember one one night he was like, um. This is getting a little raunchy. He texted me. He messaged me. He's like, he's like, would do you want a titty fuck? And I remember being like, this is a lot. I didn't know what that was. I wow. had Wikipedia it, and we ended. <laughs> it's it doesn't. <laughs> girls in the thin thighs club don't right, do that. Right. I was like, oh, of course he came to me. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but I, I Wikipedia it and everything, and um, we ended up trying to hook up in our synagogue and right wow. really risky right in front really of the risky. Lord. yeah i was like hey god what's up 
Um, <laughs> it's so risky. And um, we, we didn't do anything. Like, I think he touched my boobs. Like, it was it was very awkward. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, nothing happened. And, but I remember I told a bunch of the girls couple weeks later because i had to tell somebody and there's only there's only a couple girls in your grade like you know what i mean like it's hard not to you right. know it, and it spreads like wildfire because if one tells one you know and so one of the girls told one of the guys and the guy told his mom the mom called the other yep. mom next thing you know yeah everyone <laughs> knows that riley tried to hook up with, yeah. in the synagogue yeah. in the <laughs> You're in the 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 weekly synagogue brochure. Uh, you're in the local news. They're just bringing it. Everyone knows. Everyone, Everyone has, has to know. know. And like, I remember being so embarrassed. I remember my mom being like, "Do you want to go to an all girls school for high school?" Just just because I think no nobody was doing anything. We were little kids, and we were in a private school, and we were good kids, and nobody was hooking up. So I think when she heard this. My mom was like, oh, my gosh, like, is Riley, like, like, advanced? Does she want to hook up with boys? <laughs> I look back at it now, and I was like, that, that's is, so stupid. Is Riley right? the bad kid? <laughs> I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And I, I, yeah. I really, I was never, I wish I, I was never really like that, even in high school with the boys. So I think it's so funny that in middle school, people were like, oh, Riley, Riley's, Riley does this, Riley does that. I really don't do shit. So like, <laughs> but it spread like wildfire. The teachers knew, I think the teachers knew about it. I, I remember the parents knowing and I just was so embarrassed. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be tough. Um, but that stuff does happen at public schools. It just kind of stays in the click. So like it would be the same number of people like the same group of 30 people would know but then there'd just be like other groups of people that that don't know and it definitely i mean a hundred percent happens all the time where like someone tells their friend something who then tells their mom who then tells the teacher and all of a sudden you're you're talking to the guidance oh my god about oh, no. uh, whatever what whatever happened but like i guess there's there's more perspective because like in seventh grade there were the kids who were like smoking weed in the forest and like fully having sex Wait, and grade? like there's what always the seventh grade seventh? Seventh, oh seventh my god grade. we yeah, even seventh, we were we saw grade. a cigarette on the street <laughs> and we're like oh that's on the street no one go near it like <laughs> wow yeah. well it's like in in the public in public schools you get you always get like the one or two girls who start like uh, hanging out with like the ninth or the tenth grade oh, boys okay. when they're in seventh grade and then those guys are like they're more advanced or it's like some guy who has an older brother who's willing to like buy them booze and like buy them weed and not really care about that so like i we didn't have a synagogue to hook up in so i guess that's <laughs> did he, not did an he, did equivalent did he drink uh, in middle school or like do drugs me oh no i was a i was a good kid my dad's six foot nine and i was terrified oh of doing anything God. uh anything like that he's also oh. a teacher so like I, it, it was double like I can't do this I can't so I just lashed out by not doing my homework you're like I'll, um, I'll which get, didn't I'll work out for guys. me well let either. me not do my my minute maths <laughs> yeah. or whatever they're called minute somethings yeah 
uh yeah what a, yeah yeah no math is the one that i liked it was spelling that got me um and uh but no i just didn't i just didn't like to work but i didn't have any uh personally any uh scandals or, or anything like that but it was like i would assume if if what you did happened at a public school or like let's say you you did that in the gymnasium you would be like the fifth worst person that week as opposed to like this this huge scandal where it's like oh my right. god is the, the seventh graders <laughs> should they all just be put down they're all bad <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, and and you know what? I went to public school when um, I graduated middle school. Finally, after that, I finally okay. said to my mom, "I want to go to um, public school." And she was like, "Are you sure?" Because we were looking into a private high school, but I always want to experience both. I wanted to meet other people. Yeah. Um, I didn't just want to be. I love I love my Jewish people, but I just wanted to meet other types of people i just wanted to be surrounded by other people i wanted to learn more um i have to say though because i'm 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 thinking back to the to drugs and drinking in middle school i have a very good relationship with alcohol and i think partially this is very strange it just like epiphany happened i think it's because in middle school we would have a bar and bat mitzvah every weekend because you had to invite everybody in your class. So when we yeah. had a bar and bat mitzvah, <laughs> right? I mean, why there's not? Only, there's only 30. There's only 25 to 4, 30 <laughs> of us. I was like, okay. We have to, so we had a party every single weekend. Now, these weren't just like house parties. Wow. Some of these events were like full-blown events like one of the girls i went her dad was the mayor of the of the city so like some of these uh, some of these bar mitzvahs were extravagant so a lot of the times um parents would not really mind if you had a drink with them like i remember at my one friend's bar mitzvah my friend's mom came up to me and my friend she gave us pomegranate martinis i was 12. She's wow. like, here's a pomegranate martini. <laughs> and I didn't feel the need to like chug it. I just sipped it. I was like, oh, this is delicious. And I didn't get, I wasn't like full on wasted. I probably got very tipsy at a lot right. of these, but I never felt the need when I was in public high school, when I had friends who were like trying to get alcohol, wanting to go to the bar, wanting to get drunk. I was never like, yeah, let's fucking do it. I was like, okay, sure. Um, I know other people probably yeah. have different experiences than me in my class, but for me, drinking was just so like fancy and fun. <laughs> and then it's all from like the yeah. bar bar bombers. I was in like these fancy dresses. <laughs> like now I look back, I was like, damn, I wish now people would have their bar and bat mitzvahs. Like I could use a party. Yeah, right. I didn't yeah, need, right. Well, right? they're kind of illegal That's right true. now. So. If it wasn't COVID. Like I didn't need that shit when I was 12 years old, like a full ass grown a party like that it was so much fun but um it def that yeah. definitely was a fun well, those, weekends yeah yeah every every weekend might be might be tiring but it, it sounds like it, it in your mind essentially like drinking became a thing that adults do at bar mitzvahs so like why why would you get hammered because this isn't the this isn't what alcohol is for it's for a celebration right, or right. something Something I thought they were celebrations. Lines. Drinking was for holidays, and and I never really, 
I never really thought about drugs. Um, even in high school, I was like, yeah, like I, I, I wasn't against it. I wasn't for it. Um, it, I didn't, yeah. I hung out with a bunch of theater kids. I know a couple people that, that got high, <laughs> but I never really was, it, it's as interested, you know? Um, but I knew, I knew people did, did drugs, but I wasn't like, I just was kind of like, okay, that's cool. You know, nothing crazy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, I mean, you, you touched on it with like your synagogue scandal story, <laughs> but like, what was like the relationship between the boys and the girls in that middle school? Cause at least in like my experience, there was always like, you know, we had a sixth grade dance and you're like just getting to the age where it's like, oh, I have a crush on this girl now. It's like, oh, and then I have a crush on this girl and oh, I have a crush on these three girls at the same time. And I'm going to ask them all out and whatever one says yes is going to be yeah. my girlfriend. And it's just like, it's just like a tornado of, of hormones. But with that many like with that many people, what's that experience like? I honestly think that if you, you go into any middle school anywhere, you're going to have that same awkwardness, um, regardless if it's private, public, or, or, you know, a boarding school, whatever it is, I think you're always going to have that. Um, I remember my sixth grade dance. I liked one of the, one of the boys and I was just, I just remember being so sad because um, he had to leave early to go on a trip, so we never got to dance. And and I oh. was like the most heartbroken. <laughs> I was crying all night. Oh, so and, and like no. I know I know millions of little girls everywhere have done the same thing <laughs> where you're like, no, my perfect evening. Like He's the, he's the one right. that got away. You still have a crush on right. him to and this day. It's funny because the first wedding from that uh, middle school that I went to was his wedding. And I just remember... I first what you're like this bitch has got my perfect for, for evening. First wedding, I posted a picture of the two of us at a at a bar mitzvah, and I was like, I remember like so being so nervous in this picture because you were standing right next to me, and now I'm at your wedding, like cheering you on. But I I, I think. Oh my gosh. And the thing was, I, I've always been a very like open person talking about sex, whatever. I really don't care. I'm shocked. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Just from seeing your, your stand up for three years, that's, I've no, never would have yeah, guessed. Really? No. <laughs> I've always, but even when I was a kid in middle school, I remember my favorite um, class and in high school as well was health. Um, cause we got to be with mm. the boys. We had, we separated at one point, but we got to be in a class with the boys and we had to talk about all this stuff. And I just remember being like, this is so, we had to put a condom <laughs> on a banana. Oh my God. It blew my mind. I was like, this is amazing. You, I, the teacher was terrified of you. I guarantee it. He was like, <laughs> or he or she was like, what is Riley going to do? Right, right and, now? I, and I think that's so funny <laughs> that people were like, wow, Riley's just so sexual. Cause like, I'm real, like, I, I, I'm really not. So like, it was so funny. Cause the thing was, I just thought it was so entertaining. I got, cause you know what it is? I think us as comedians, we, we like seeing people's reactions. And I think I enjoyed mm -hmm. being in a room and someone was talking to us and people were reacting like no other. The girls were going, oh my God. The boys were laughing. I was like, this is great. Like, <laughs> this is so fun. Wow. Like, I thought it was so exciting. Um, I remember when one of the girls, 
we talk I'm like I don't know why I talk about periods so much in this oh my god but she was <laughs> she got her period and I remember being like this is fantastic Rebecca we have to we have to tell everyone about this and she's like I don't want to tell everyone I said no 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 you must let everyone know what it's like let's sit everybody down I thought it was the funnest thing ever I didn't care about it. I thought this was great and my mom's always been very like she's she gets embarrassed talking about it and I always was like what's embarrassing like, I didn't understand the embarrassing part of it until I got a little older and, you know, things happen and you're like, oh, I, I understand. But as a kid, I was like, this shit's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that kind of stuff was so far off my radar. As, oh, as such a, kid, a middle school boy. Like, oh, my none. God. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Ugh. I was just, you know, at at that age, you're just trying not to like have to go up in front of the class with a with a no no apparent reason boner, a narb, and uh, that's I mean that's like your worst nightmare. Whatever the girls are doing, that's their problem. But that's uh, like your but, that's like the end of man, the world. That's like oh my god. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is the end of the world. Could you imagine if like you're a seventh grade boy? There's like four girls in the class that you have a crush on, and all of a sudden you got to do that. That would be, I mean, that's the oh end my of god, you, right there. That's, and, and you know, you know big ma- big mouth the show <laughs> it yes. oh, it yeah. is so on point um it's it's very scary and the, <laughs> the latest season i did i don't know if you watched the latest season so you I know did. they're at sleepaway camp um yep. did you ever go to because you're michigan did you ever go to sleepaway I, camp yes See, Jews, so i did Jews for a, and people I in did michigan for a week Boy, yeah <laughs> yeah camp manitoulin was uh the one okay, that i very went to nice. um i i hated it though because they uh so my it was like a weird birthday lineup thing like everyone who was above this birthday got put in this age group and everyone was below and i was below it by a day so i was in a cabin with like i think i was 12 and I was in a cabin with like legitimately an eight-year-old so it was like oh, I was no. so much older than everyone else and it was like it was a nightmare it was one of probably the worst so weeks of my life too. to be honest you're probably but, so much uh, taller I know I was no I was legitimately like five five like I was the size of an adult and there's like this <laughs> eight-year-old kid running around and just like being annoyed can you imagine sleeping in a bunk with an eight-year-old kid like that's a <laughs> like, nightmare who would want to do that so it was like like I hung out with the 15-year-old camp counselor more than anyone else in my cabin. So it, it oh, was not awful. it was not fun. Uh, oh my horrible. god. Was yours well, better? I mean yeah, I assume I it was feel, the same I as in Big Mouth. Up from there like <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, that's, that's Oh my true. god. Yeah, cuz I was about to say cuz most I shouldn't generalize this, but 99% of Jews I know went to sleepaway camp i don't know what i don't know what it is about sleepaway camp but you just do it uh, and then i know people in michigan they they also love sleepaway camp but um oh yeah, yeah. but i started going to sleepaway camp when i was i think nine and we i went for a couple years and i would go for eight weeks i go for eight wow i went, the whole, I went for a week <laughs> Holy shit. Eight, I know when he said a week, I was like, oh, wait till he hears how long. Eight? My parents, my oh parents my God. had a free house. Me and my brother would go for eight freaking weeks with no kids. Holy and cow. And it was crazy, That's, I mean, right? I see why the Jews do it. <laughs> eight weeks? Are you kidding me? Right? And like, 
get him how out of the house. How great is that? And like when I asked my friends who didn't go to sleepaway camp, I was like, what do you do during the summer? Um, but sleepaway camp. Their parents like, drink. That's what they do. They drink a, a lot. lot. of pool time and martinis. <laughs> but it, yeah. honestly, sleepaway camp was just a extension of private school a little bit. Because um, it was the mm. same weird tension between the girls and the boys right because you were still in your preteen yeah. years and you didn't know what was going on probably enhanced oh, it was it's, it was so sexualized like, you're in the yeah, woods exactly the woods <laughs> yeah. make people so horny i don't know what it is like <laughs> if everyone just advanced as soon as they got to camp like i don't know what it what, what was in the water i don't know what was happening um i will always remember um i think i was 13 12 or 13 we had pool time right it was like around 4 p.m we'd go to the pool and sure. we'd go back to the to the cabin and we'd all shower and then we'd go to dinner so i remember we all went back to the cabin one night to shower off before we went to dinner i'm showering right with um one of my girlfriends and we're, we're just like in our bathing suits like showering off the chlorine and i get out of the shower and i'm wearing a bikini and my friend hannah brody she's blow drying her hair and she turns the blow dryer and she hits my stomach with the blow dryer and the because the water and the blow the heat from the blow dryer you just hear this and she's she's okay. she literally doesn't move the blow dryer she's stunned and I'm stunned. And she finally takes it off and you see grill marks. Like little <laughs> grill mark grill marks <laughs> on my stomach and it's burning and the tears are just like flowing down my face. I didn't want to make a tantrum because I was just so embarrassed. Hannah starts crying because she feels so bad. But of the course. first thing Hannah says to me, we're 12 years old. First thing Hannah says to me is, oh my God, Riley, I'm so sorry. But just think the first time you have sex, the guy's going to ask, what's that? And you have to say, oh, my friend Hannah Brody burned me. And I said, what the hell, Hannah? She's like. That's so narcissistic. She, <laughs> and she was like the least. She, she was such a sweetheart. But she was like, now you get to, now you get to talk to, about me when you have sex for the first time. Yeah. But why? Hey, your magical moment. Right? I'm in and it I, now. Like, have how, fun with that. How was that even related? Like everything had to do with sex. Everything had to do with boobs. Yep. Who had them? Who didn't? Like, and the boys were trying to grow mustaches. It was a mess. Oh yeah, it was a complete. Girls would be sneaking out in the middle of the night, and not only that, our counselors were twenty, twenty-one year old, like young women who like were coming from other countries. We I remember having a Welsh counselor. I've had a, a counselor from New Zealand, a counselor from Israel. Well, that's sexy. Like. Let's right, just... and so the male counselors and the female counselors <laughs> would be hooking up. So then they, of right, course, they and, were. That's exactly. why they did it. That's why do you think they flew across an ocean <laughs> to get some American dick? They were like, "I'm going to go to sleepaway yes. camp. It's great. Mo <laughs> the money you get to be at camp. It's fun. It's easy." Like, the... and then they would tell us though about it. They would come home from dates back to the cabin, and they would say, "Girls, guess what happened?" And we were like, "Oh, I can't wait to be an adult so I can fuck." 
Like that sounds so much fun. That sounds so much fun. Um, no, camp was camp was Ugh. so fun. It was honestly an extension of private school because I was with the kind of the same type of people I were I went to school with. We had the same type of upbringing, the same type of you know household. Um, we all were Jewish. Uh, a lot of us were from the tri-state area, um, so we were all very similar. So when I went back to back to school, um, I was kind of around the same type of people. That's why I really wanted to go to private school because I was like, I have to meet other people because <laughs> I can't just be around a bunch of Jews my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I love. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. A lot, a lot of Jews succeed in only being right, around right. Jews. It seems I was like, like, wait, I'm in comedy, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I, I loved oh, it. I, it. Sleepaway Camp was definitely, Sleepaway Camp in private school definitely had some weird and fun times, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I could definitely imagine for eight weeks. I mean, like I was, I was only there for a week, so it was, it was so temporary. I didn't feel like I had to like fix it. I could just be sad and I'd go home soon. But if it was eight weeks, I probably would have like figured out how to, like how to adapt or like, you know, begged and pleaded to be put yeah, in a different Yeah, you, you probably wouldn't cabin. be with other eight-year-olds for eight weeks. You'd probably, you'd, they'd probably be, <laughs> no. give you an age group. Like, here you go. Like, you'd be in an age group. Right. It's funny, um, VP um, Harris, her husband, is the first gentleman? Is that what I think is he's called? Yeah. He went to my same, I, yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's it. He went yeah. to my sleepaway camp. We went to the same one. I was wow. like, that's Jewish geography for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so when you uh, when you transitioned from a, a private middle school to like a public high school, like and I'm aware that that transition's always like nuts anyway. Nobody has uh, nobody. Nobody says that transition's boring. But like, was there anything that really stuck out to you besides like the 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 more diversity at the high school was that really it or was there other stuff where you're like oh my god i never would have guessed that that's what would be going on in a public school um, i honestly think the first thing that really stood out to me was so because of my grades in my middle school so i would get c's in middle school all the time but a c in, in my private okay. school was most likely an a plus in a public middle school for what we were doing and i'm not even for what wow. we were doing we were writing 12 page term papers in seventh grade and and a hundred of, of flashcards. we had to make outlines like the things we were doing maybe not an a plus maybe like a b plus a minus I, but like i couldn't even read 12 oh, pages I'll just write like them. It, it was some of the hard I, I will look back and be like that might have been the hardest i've ever worked in my life because <laughs> <laughs> that was so it was so hard and i remember coming to high school and my guidance i met with the guidance counselor because i i was we had just moved as well so i not only am going to public school i had just moved so i didn't really know anybody um she was like riley it looks like you got didn't get great grades in your middle school um, I'm going to put you in the lowest classes, um, like the, the lowest it can be. And I was like, and I said to her and I said, sure. 
I can honestly be in like the middle classes. Like you don't have to put me in the AP, but I was like, I can probably do the next level up. I can maybe do honors. She was like, Riley, you really think you can do honors when you can't like get a B in your middle school? And I was like, ah, okay. So I'm in these classes <laughs> and I remember the very first day of math. I remember the very first day of math class. I get to school, I get into class. I'm so excited. And the teacher says to this one kid, she said, like, she was like, where's your, uh, where's your backpack? And he goes, I need a backpack. And she's like, yes, you need a backpack. <laughs> and I was like, wait one freaking second. This kid didn't even bring a backpack. And then she said to this one kid, she goes, she gave him a piece of paper uh, and he just threw it in his bag. And she said, can you please put that in your folder? He's like, I'm not buying any fold. I'm not buying a folder for this class. This is bullshit. I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this kid not only did not bring a folder, he said, bullshit. I was like, are you crazy? Like, I was, I was like goody two shoes for the first two weeks. And then I got lazy. And then I started to like assimilate. <laughs> yep. But for the first two weeks, I came yep. home and I was like, yo, mom, no one does shit. Like, <laughs> 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 like, because people in my middle school and private school, they were so, they they would come to class. The teacher wouldn't even say make an outline and they would make study guides. Like, I had friends who would make study guides and email them to other kids and say, hey, I made a study guide for the test if you want some. Like, there was nothing like that in high school. I was like, what? Wait, he didn't, he didn't even buy yeah. a backpack? Isn't that the number one thing on the list? They don't even put that on the list. <laughs> That's just a given. Backpacks are a given. Right. Have you watched TV? Every kid has right? a backpack. Right? I was like, do where do you put anything? Do you have a snack? Are you hungry? Like, but I, I became good friends with a lot of those guys. Um in that yeah. in those classes and it, it ended up being a very great experience um high school but i just remember being like this is gonna be a big transition because uh, yeah well it 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 pretty much prepared you for like being in the remedial class prepared you for stand-up where you're just like you're sitting there and then the guy goes on stage is like you didn't prepare anything what's wrong with you I, I remember the second show i ever did i ever did was at caroline's and it was a bringer um it was one of ray goose's okay. bringers a big room for my, your second my first show, show was at caroline's too but this was the sec this was the oh, second wow. one and um oh my god who was on stage was a Carmen? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget. A, a comedian went on stage and she brought up a notebook, and I remember being like, "What is she doing?" And then, <laughs> fast forward year, a couple years later, I was like, "Oh, it was a bringer. There was 20 people in the room. She was trying new shit." Like, but at the yep. time, it was my second show ever, and in my head, I was like, "That's not professional." Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's half of comedy takes it super seriously. And that's why, like, you know, Laughing Buddha, some people loved it and some people hated it because it was so well, I never serious. Did Laughing like, Buddha. For, I mean, it was, uh, I, I mean, to your, to your point about like getting lazy, I'm, I'm the type of person that like I will assimilate very quickly to my surroundings. So I always put myself in the, in the top tier classes mm -hmm. and I would rather get a B surrounded Amen. by smart people yep. than, 
than be in the in the remedial class because I will also get a B there too. So I might as well just do that. And like my senior year, I took uh, I took non honors English for the first time, and by the end of that, like I was playing spades in the back row with like my buddy from high school every day, just exactly, ignoring everything. Yes. I still I still got a B, and it's like. <laughs> It infuriated my parents, but then like the to stand up like you've got the grizzly pear, which is all over the place. Like there's not really any structure. It's very social, like hierarchy built. And then you got laughing Buddha where it's like, oh, no, this is the list. And we are sticking with the list and you get this much time. And if you go over, we shoot you in the wow. parking lot like that, <laughs> that, wow. kind of, that kind of stuff. So it was good. It was good for me to start there because I could see like, OK, this is how serious I'm supposed to take it. But then after but obviously i ended up hanging out at the pair every night anyway because i was like boy that's it's a lot less stressful when you could just like have a beer and say hi to exactly and you know what i really like what you said about um who you kind of surround yourself with because my dad always said this to me growing up he's like if you surround yourself with stupid people you're going to be stupid like you have to surround yourself with smart people people are hardworking or successful because honestly, you're just going to end up acting like them in the end, you know? So why would I not want to end up acting like a hardworking, hardworking, successful person? (laughs) Like that, that's honestly like, I, I, I love having friends who are hard workers because it just drives me more. So when I'm in a room, so like say the pair and everyone's hustling, people are going to their next gig. They're writing in the corner. They're networking. Oh, I'm all about that. Like that, that is, yep. I think the biggest thing. So when I was in high school and I was with those kids, God love them, but I started to slack big time. So by the time I got to college, yeah. I kind of went into this, I was in this weird, like my work ethic wasn't as good as it was back in the private school, which I kind of wish I had. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not good when you're in college oh, remembering oh, the good old days of right, seventh I like, grade. God, I was like, in seventh grade, <laughs> I would have had this done already. I would have been prepared. And college, that's that's like a whole different, especially acting school, that's a whole different ball game. You, oh my oh, yeah. God, like you can't be lazy because as soon as you're lazy, that's when they get you. You know, like that is yep. exactly when they see you're weak and they go, nope, you're out. Yep. Well, I mean, the the hard work in seventh grade definitely paid off for you because you've always been one of the, the hardest working comedians out there. Just like show after show after show every night. It's like, oh, Riley, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm a pair Broadway Greenwich twice and also doing this weird room in Brooklyn. And you know what? It paid off because you got an awesome fucking Thank radio you. job. No, that means so much. That really it's so funny how we. Hey, so you know what? Middle school paid off. <laughs> I give this all to yeah. middle school. Hey, good good to your parents. Right. They did a good job. They made a good choice. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Oh, awesome. man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course. And thank you for, for coming on. We're, we're right at an hour. So I want to give you a chance to like plug your show. And if you're doing any other Zoom shows or yeah, I don't know if you have a podcast i don't know why you would you're doing four hours of radio every day but right, like, oh, more talking, uh, you know yay. you're a hustler so who who oh. knows <laughs> yeah but what have what have you got where can so people find you you can find me on instagram at riley lassen um you can hear me every morning monday through friday on alt 92.3 the canon Corey morning show 
we also we just did start a podcast <laughs> we start we uh, oh wow <laughs> i know as soon as you said that <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we start, we, it, it's fairly new we kind of do an uncensored um part of it after the show because you can't cur you a lot of things you can't yep. say on radio and you get in big trouble if you yeah. do so we have an uncensored um uh, podcast afterwards it's called kane and Corey show uncensored you can find that at radio.com all that stuff um and yeah those those are those are my little credits so thank you so much for having me i had the best time yeah no this was so much fun it's always fun it's the since since doing this podcast like during the pandemic it's been so fun to uh reconnect with with people that i haven't that it's been like a full year since we saw each other so thank of you for course, coming thank on thank you so much for having me Corey. this was awesome thank you yeah we'll talk soon 